Did you know that you can stream the best of HBO's shows and more with the new Astro? Better than before, no rain interruptions, no repeats, just stream anytime and on demand via the Astro Ultrabox. It starts from only RM5990 a month and you can find out more information at astro.com.my. You're listening to the Goggler Podcast, Bahir and Uma with you, and today we will be reviewing the brand new Malaysian movie Malbat Misi Bakara from Adrian Thay, the filmmaker behind Weera, Pascal, Pasal Kao, The Assistant. This one tells the true story of what really happened during Black Hawk Down. Yeah. Clearly, Hollywood kind of fucked things up made it their own story, when in actuality, the Americans were fucked on that mission. And it so happened that there were two Malaysian battalions that pulled out their soldiers after their helicopters crashed. This is a story that not many people know, but it is a real story of Malaysian heroism. I, for one, am glad that there is an actual movie that's been made out of this story, and that it feels like enough of a budget has been put behind it. <laughs> mm. I say that because this movie is rumored to have cost about 20 million ringgit. And if there's one thing we've learned talking about film, scale really is dependent on how much money you have to spend. And if you want to tell a story like this, you cannot do it for 2 million ringgit. Yeah. That said, I still don't think 20 million is enough to tell this story the way you might want to actually tell it. But Adrian Tay seems to have made the most of his budget. It's still that argument of, can you see where all the money has gone? And in Adrian Tay's films, the answer is always yes. You can see where the money has gone. Whether the money is enough or whether Adrian should have scaled back his idea is the second question. But I think that's not as important as that first question of, has the money gone on screen? And in this case, the money's gone on screen. I don't think this is Adrian's best movie. However, I think it is probably among his most accomplished with regards to the scale of what he's had to do. When I was watching the movie, I couldn't think of another Malaysian director who could have pulled off something so intricate, like a contemporary director. And this is based purely on the level of complexity that a lot of these Malaysian movies employ. This one is an incredibly complex shoot with a lot of moving parts. And I have to give Adrian credit in being able to pull off something like that. For me, where the movie falls short tends to be where most Malaysian movies fall short in that I still think it needs tighter writing. I think it's also because the story isn't isn't fiction. It is something that knowing Adrian and Ashraf Modi Zain, they probably did a lot of research, spoke to a lot of people. And I think it's this thing of like, how much do we put in and how much do we leave out to make this story make sense or to give it the emotional weight it needs or to give the characters the kudos they deserve. And I think that's kind of the problem. I think you're right. It's that question of, I want it to be a big story, but I only have X amount of money. Can we stretch it or do we pare down the story? But we can't pare down the story because 
they feel the story requires the 24 characters that it needs to be on screen. I think it's that argument, right? Like, could you have made it tighter? Could you have focused it down? I don't know if they could have, but it was probably an option to think about. Is this a Malaysian problem with regards to telling a story like this and fidelity to the people involved? Like, I find that Americans in Hollywood don't have a problem taking creative license when telling a story like this, as long as it services the story as a whole. I feel that when you are actually working with the regiment Aska Malayudi Raja, you're working with the actual Ahami, you're working with the people involved, you feel a responsibility to be as true as possible when actually when you're making a film, it doesn't have to have that much fidelity to the truth. Because we don't do it as a country, as a military industrial complex, we don't do it. Maybe the military guys are like, no, you have to speak the way we are told to speak in the books. We may not do it when bullets are flying, but I don't care. Discipline and blah, 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 blah. We don't swear at each other. I also find that with Hollywood, when they're making movies like this, there is a tendency to focus more on character. Whenever Malaysia makes a movie like this, and it's not just Adrian, it's a lot of Malaysian movies that chronicle real-life events. The focus tends to be on the event. In Black Hawk Down, for example, the focus is on the brotherhood of man and the bromance between these military men who are in the trenches together and all of that stuff. And I think it's that distinction which actually affects the way a story is told. Problem was, I didn't feel either of that here. I felt like it fell between two stools because it didn't focus on the mission. Yes, there were cutbacks to Command Central, but it was never a cutback to Command Central about a decision that was being made in the mission. It was a, we've lost them, you hold your nerve, damn it. You know, it was like, right. there was never a point where the mission was the focus. I didn't know that. I needed to see a map where everybody was because I wasn't sure where anybody was. I think the big problem as well is it also had the Black Hawk Down issue of everybody's wearing helmets, everybody's in a dark place, everybody's wearing the same uniform. I keep forgetting who is who. I kept forgetting who is in which truck. And I'm not sure where any truck is in relation to each other. I don't know where the helicopter that has gone down, where they were going to go, what the mission was. I Had I felt more confidence in all that stuff, I would agree with you that it didn't focus enough on the military guys in the mission. However, the mission didn't feel like the focus of the story for me either. I had the opposite reaction in that I felt like I understood the mission very well as I was watching the film. And I got that much. I just wanted maybe a little more of the bromance and the emotional hook. Right. So in the film, there is one Somali character who is a main character. And the relationship between him and Shahezi Sam's Lance Corporal Ramli is the thing that I felt the most. And I think that that is the core relationship in the movie that should keep you engaged throughout because that's the most interesting relationship in the movie. All of the other relationships in the film tend to be militaristic, right? Because they're, they're following orders, they're on a mission, they're saving people. But the emotional center of the film is in the relationship between those two men. And those scenes for me were the strongest throughout the film. I agree, yeah. So let me say this, the movie as a whole worked for me. It wasn't his best movie, but I had a good time in the cinema. There were moments right. that I felt were a little draggy, and I think the movie could have been maybe 10 minutes shorter, 15 minutes shorter. 
for me, that length didn't work. What did work was that relationship and Shahezi Sam. I've never seen Shahezi Sam act like this in a film before, and I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Yes, it is an ensemble piece, and there are a lot of moving parts. Like you said, Bahe, yeah. all these 20-odd characters have to do stuff because they were all involved in this mission. But Shahezi Sam is a standout. I think he did incredibly well in this film and that helped me along through this journey as well. It also feels like Shahizi Sam acting again. We had just last seen him in Police Evil 3 and he was good in that. I thought he was fine, but he still felt like he was playing Inspector Kai from earlier versions. They didn't feel like there was a growth to the character as much. It didn't feel like he's doing a new thing. It still feels like, oh yeah, I'm just Inspector Kai. Let's move on, you know? That could be writing or what. But Shahizi Sam is doing a lot of, like, real good acting here. My only other complaint is that there's not enough Bron Polari and Tony Yusuf, but I always feel like there's never enough Bron Polari or Tony Yusuf. I agree. Overall, I thought Idil was good. I thought Hyrule was good. I think a lot of these characters did enough, but it's the... It's just a lot of characters. <laughs> There's a lot of Malayu characters in, in these in these tanks, like, you know, and it's just, I keep losing track and who's who. There were a lot of decisions that Adrian made in shooting this film that I thought were very, very good as well. There yeah. are bits when the camera kind of moves into the tank. And so it feels almost like you're in that claustrophobic space with these people. And I thought those shots were very well composed, very well blocked, very well staged. All of that really created a tense atmosphere throughout. I think even being stuck in those narrow streets of Mogadishu, like that sense of tension was maintained throughout the movie. You're always yeah. on edge as you're watching this. And it was very well executed. I know that you had a real problem with the CGI, and that really pulled you out of the movie. It did pull me out of the movie as well, but I think I have this automatic censorship when it comes to Malaysian movies and CGI because it's all terrible. Yeah. I don't think we have the skills, or even if we have the skills, no one is spending the right kind of money to make good CGI happen in this country. And that's fine. You're right. My issue is if you can't make perfect looking CGI, then don't do that route. Don't go there, right? It wasn't a vital thing. It's something you can shoot around. It's something you can work around. something you can talk around. I don't need to see what he did because then it really looks bad because you're focusing on it. And I think that was my issue with it. I have a weird rating for this film. Okay. As a movie, I think it is about a 6 out of 10. Mm. I have a bunch of nitpicks that kind of reduce that score a little. But I would give it a 7 out of 10 because of how it was made. In that I admire the hustle of Adrian Tay. I think there are very few people who can raise 20 million ringgit to tell this story. Mm, yeah. And I think being able to pull it off on the scale that he has feels unprecedented in Malaysian cinema. Am I right in saying that, Bahi? It feels like I've not seen a movie of this scale in Malaysian cinema, like ambition-wise. Um, I mean, Putri Gunung Ledang. Putri Gunung Ledang. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there, but Putri Gunung Ledang also, when you watch it now, 
it yeah. feels like making a period Malacca piece. Yes, there was a certain amount of scale, but possibly not as much ambition. Hanyot had scale as well because they built a fucking kampong la to shoot yeah. that movie. Yeah. But when you actually see it on screen, it feels small. This didn't feel small. There was an epic feel to it, which I often don't get from Malaysian cinema. I think a lot of that has to do with the cameras, the lenses, all of the stuff that oh, he potentially yeah, yeah. used in making this that not many people have access to because yet again, budget. You're right. I think it's a seven based on ambition. He went out wanting to do a Malaysian Black Hawk Town. I think and that's what it is. I'm not saying Putri Godang Ledang was easier, but it probably was because you're in country, you're all here, whereas Adrian had to go into Turkey to shoot because he needed the scale. He needed the setting. He needed all of these things. So it feels like it becomes Malaysia's first like real big production. That's not shot, you know, it's like, ooh, you had to go to Sabah to build a whole kampung. You know, it's not that, right? Adrian and his team had to do the real work, had to do the real sort of, fuck, we have to go to a different country with a different language and fucking shoot a film. We've both been very clear about how we feel regarding Adrian's many efforts. We liked Pascal, we liked Weera, we hated Pascal. We kind of liked The Assistant. We thought it was a very good attempt at something. And I think Malbat falls into that category. I enjoy the fact he's one of a handful of directors who's always experimenting and pushing the envelope forward because it doesn't happen a lot in Malaysian cinema. Yeah. So often, and this is one of our biggest complaints, we just end up going to see yet another gangster movie, another police movie, another horror movie. It's blah, blah, blah. And yet, With Adrian's films, it feels like he makes the movies that the other studios then want to start copying. So after Pascal, he started this trend of military-driven films because that made so much money. Everyone started wanting to make Air Force and Sea Force and firefighters. It's not just military movies. Adrian made a military movie that was supported by the military that had proper training, that had access to the weaponry, that had access to the locations. This isn't just, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're doing a police movie, but we have to get the police in here to do it because blah, blah, blah. No, he went out and did it the way Michael Bay would do it, right? You get into a conversation with them. You say, I'm making a thing. It'll make you guys look good. Stay out of my way in the script a little bit, but can I have your guns? Right. It's that level of realism that we don't see until Pascal came out. And I thought The Assistant was a very interesting experiment in twisty narratives and storytelling. Weera was very good in that sense. And I think Malbat will have the same impact with regards to how much money people are willing to invest in telling these sorts of stories and where that money goes and how it actually looks on screen. So from a business perspective as well, I think... Malbat is a very important milestone in Malaysian cinema. I'll be curious to see how well it does in cinemas. I don't think it has the same kind of mass appeal as Police Evil. Police Evil is a lot lighter and a lot easier. 
Malbat is a serious movie about a very serious thing. Yeah. And so I, for one, am very curious to see how it does in the box office. But I think our nitpicks aside, we encourage you to go and watch this because it's unlike anything else you've seen coming from a Malaysian filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, also, look, this may be gimmicky, but I think for this movie, the gimmick works. It's the first Malaysian film on IMAX. It's going to be on 4DX. You know, it's got Dolby Atmos. It's all the things a serious international film would have. And we've got it. I think that's very cool. Yeah. I mean, this isn't Nolan. It wasn't shot with IMAX cameras, but... But not a lot of IMAX movies are shot in IMAX. I was just going to say that. Actually, a lot of... All of the Marvel movies you see in IMAX aren't shot with IMAX cameras either. So they're all kind of adapted for the big screen. But the fact that it's the first ever Malaysian movie to be screened in IMAX is a huge achievement. So yeah, we think you should definitely go check it out. Let us know what you think once you see Malbat. It opens in cinemas this Thursday, the 24th of August. You know how to reach out to us. All of our social media feeds are gogglermy. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. If you drop us a line on any one of those platforms, we'll send you a link to join our brand new Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Goggler Podcast.